About 15% of the world's population live with some form of disability. Here in Australia, one in five people currently live with a disability. The IKEA vision has always been to create a better everyday life for the many people. This includes all individuals with different kinds of functional needs, from children to the elderly and everyone in between. A main focus for our business, as outlined in the Inca Equality Plan for FY20 to 22, is to ensure we help create and contribute to a more equal world for those living with diverse abilities through advocacy and inspiring change. With the release of the Omtanksen range in Australia, IKEA is helping people overcome obstacles that make it difficult to enjoy an independent life by adding extra comfort and functionality. As a creative leader, Britt Monty's assignment is to monitor customer needs from a home furnishing perspective. In this role, she identifies, leads, and supports new range initiatives like Omtanksum on a global level. Drawing from her own personal experiences and struggles, Britt led the creative direction for Omtanksum, a thoughtful collection for all. Designer Ina Viraverta takes on challenging briefs in her design work regularly in order to create and design everyday products and solutions for all. For Ina, designing for everyday life is rewarding, particularly making pieces that consider functionality and simplicity, much like those found in the Omtanksum collection. Today, we chat with IKEA designer Ina Viraverta and IKEA creative leader Britt Monty about their work creating the Omtanksum range, the challenges and benefits of inclusive design, and how IKEA is leading in this space. Thank you both, Ina and Britt, for joining me today. Um, you know, firstly, I just wanted to start um, with you, Ina, and just ask, can you just tell me a little bit about um, your role at IKEA and what is it you do? Yes, of course. Um, so my name is Ina. I work as an in-house designer uh, at IKEA Sweden. Uh, I have been working a bit like, more than five years now. And what it means to work as an in-house designer is that you work cross over the whole range. So all the kind of different products that you see in the catalogue. Great. And Britt, um, same for you. Um, as a creative leader at IKEA, what is your role and what do you do? So I'm working in the range and design department. And uh, in my role as a creative leader uh, is my main um, task is to uh, support our main areas uh, when it comes to uh, the needs in the home and they are called the long-term priorities so we will never negotiate away from them and it's small space living it's living with children and it's about organizing your home uh, and these three areas to be um, to be knowledgeable in this area, I have to study a lot of reports and also really understand the life at home in all over the globe. It's, I mean, we are in so many countries. So, and, and then I have to see what are the bigger global movements in order for us to be a, ba- a bit ahead. So there was one specific area where I could see clearly that we hadn't been paying so much attention, and that was the area of 
people actually getting older and older all over the globe, which is a fantastic thing. Uh, but when you start looking into it, what are the the consequences when people get older and older and they keep on living in their home for a much longer time. Uh, And this is fantastic that so many people are getting older and stay healthier, they exercise and they continue on working for much longer. But when they keep on living in their own home environment, there is uh, a challenge because the home is not equipped for aging because maybe when we made our homes we were much younger and it's uh, inevitable that when you get older uh, or it starts quite early on you may have you know see you don't see as much I mean you have an impaired vision and and things start happening with your body with everyone but in different stages and phases and this really gave me an an insight that This is something that we need to take into consideration when we are looking into these areas. And this was specifically uh, looking into the small space and organized living because it gets harder and harder to organize stuff when you get older. You have more and more things and you usually you know, downsize uh, for different reasons. You, you you live in a smaller place when you get older. So there were so many things, you know, sh- showing the direction very clearly. And then my job started by actually looking into, okay, what does it this mean in, in, in terms of IKEA? I mean, uh, how should we support our customers? Of course, we're not going to... Um, target people who are 80 plus and 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 forcing them to go to ikea i mean uh, that is uh, maybe a little stretch <clears throat> but we wanted to look into the functional um, the functions behind the products and how can we build it in from the beginning so everyone can benefit from it i mean if we have uh, designed <clears throat> a product in terms of an inclusiveness, then it's not just for someone who's older. It's also someone that someone is younger is benefiting from. <clears throat> so this was a long process to define and to to make a list of, okay, which are the main areas of the home where we need to look into it. So then I started looking into, okay, so where do we have the biggest challenges in the home? Uh, And then I realized that the falling accidents in the home are staggering numbers. Yeah, it's a 10 times larger risk to actually die in a falling accident in your home than in a car accident, which is absolutely horrible. Uh, And society spends 100 times more money avoiding uh, traffic accidents, which is, of course, they should do. But maybe society could also look into the hazards uh, and the risks of being taken care in your own home because the society in many countries have taken that path to have home care and uh, and that we need to take into uh, into account that uh, and th- so I looked into those areas where most people uh, have injuries uh, falling accidents and and that was something that we 
then had uh, as a red thread throughout uh, the whole design process. So this was a long five-year-old <laughs> uh, <laughs> process, which I now have narrowed down to two or three minutes. So you're welcome to to give me any questions now. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I just want to ask Ina, um, so can you just tell me a little bit about Om Tanks and the range and um, who it's sort of specifically designed for in that sense? I know Brit's already touched on it a bit, but from, um, you know, a design point of view, um, you know, how how was your role in designing this and, you know, who were you thinking of when um, you were designing this? Um, well, I was just one of the designers that were involved in this collection to start with, the start, short interaction was that, or is that the range is there to make everyday life easier uh, for everyone and for every possible kind of body. Brit was mentioning already the, the aging population that we are facing in many countries uh, across over the whole world. But it's not only about the specific age group that we had in mind when we were developing the collection. Every one of us at some point in our lives may end up into a situation where we face limitations in our homes. So, so also covering these more temporary or perhaps more permanent uh, moments when you need that extra comfort and support in your home. Um, and for me as a designer, I was the one who was focusing more on the textile part of the products. Um, I have been doing a lot of patterns and textiles for IKEA uh, before I hopped into to this project. Um, but there was a lot of, when putting these goggles on that there might you might have some limitations in your home, that was for me an eye-opening experience to, to start seeing things from, from different viewpoints. Uh, when just focusing on making a carpet um, that looks like the carpets that probably I've done before, but when digging the digging a little bit deeper onto the surface of things, there was a lot of new discoveries that I could not see coming. Um, but that was the that was the help of the experts, uh, ergonomics and physiotherapists. Brit uh, was mentioned in the research that she has been making, interviewing doctors uh, and interviewing people, or involving the people who have these uh, some kind of limitations or disabilities. Uh, to be able to see that flat carpet as as something else. Um, <clears throat> when I was making the patterns, um, and of course, talking about the colors as well, Brit was also mentioning that sometimes your vision um, changes a bit. You see things differently. I realized when making the carpets, is, for example, that uh, darker colors that I probably prefer having in a hallway on my carpet when coming in with the with dirty sneakers. Um, but the dark color might be also seen as something three-dimensional instead. You might be seeing the carpet as a hole on the floor. Uh, or when it comes to the patterns as well, it doesn't matter from what kind of viewpoint you are looking at the patterns, but sometimes there might be something, this kind of visual busyness happening even though I might not see that, um, but for for to put to, to be able to put myself into to to have these goggles on that see things a little bit differently. Wow, that's actually so interesting. And I guess 
Um, can you, you know, also explain um, a little bit of the way you collaborated with, like you were saying, physiotherapists, doctors? How did that work when making this collection? Um, we uh, at IKEA when we are developing products, uh, we uh, are trying to involve as much as people as possible along the whole design process trying things, testing things with our customers and involving these kind of experts on the early stage of the process. But for us, especially when when, uh, when developing this collection, it was even more important to have the inclusiveness um, on a very extent throughout the whole process, not only confirming things in the end of the, of the process, um, but kind of like having these tick box or ticking these boxes um, throughout the whole way. So Brit, I know um, some of your own personal experiences helped to really shape the creation of Omtanksman. So could you just give us a bit of an insight into how your own personal experiences really shaped and um, drove the creation of this collection? Yeah, it has been a very uh, fascinating, challenging, bumpy ride those five years, but with a lot of happy moments in between. But as you mentioned, yeah, I mean, the starting point of this project was was from on the one side, you know, getting these insights about each aging population. But one can ask yourself, but why did I see it when this these reports had been spread out to thousands and thousands of our uh, co-workers and managers and they didn't reflect on it? And I think it's because I had myself um, um, experienced, uh, I had a stroke the year before th- this project started and I was quite sick. I was at home for six months. I was ho- hospitalized for three months. And then I was at home for another three months and had to restart many of my skills like writing and walking and sitting upright and things like that. But I was really, really lucky and regained most of my, you know, uh, being able to move freely and things like that. And at the same time, so what I experienced at home was that um, I had a physiotherapist visiting me and and uh, to see what aids do I need in my home, like in the bathroom, because I could I, I was in the wheelchair in the beginning and then roll later. So I wasn't able to take a shower myself and open packages and things like that. So then you are you, you have a physio, physiotherapist or a an occupational uh, specialist looking into your home and seeing, okay, what kind of equipment does Brit need? And they came here and I was really happy and they were really supportive and they could point out several places in the apartment. And then they came back a week later with the stuff and I froze uh, (laughs) when they wanted to still try to drill holes in my bathroom. (gasps) to install, you know, the worst possible things you can imagine. I mean, ugly and, and uh, yeah, yeah, you know. And I actually didn't know if this was temporary or permanent, you know, this 
Uh, and I felt I, I, I can't stand. I, I, I can't stand this. I mean, I'm, I'm, this is my home. I don't want it to turn into a hospital-like feeling. So I said, yes, thank you, but no thank you. I will try to manage this by myself to find things uh, more suitable to. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then I, I didn't manage because there, it was really, really hard to find ergonomic features in different things that look good they look like hospital <clears throat> and that then that suddenly when i came back to work and stumbled upon these this research i mean it was like a paved road into the omtang sub range and at the same time i had my old mother who was suffering from parkinson and and she was in need of a new armchair because she couldn't get up and she had she and she was trembling so much so she couldn't use her tableware and and cutlery i mean there were so many signs so uh, <clears throat> so she was actually my guinea pig from the very beginning uh, testing prototypes and <laughs> and showing me why it's not working and <laughs> and giving me a lot of very constructive feedback uh, on what was working and not working so so that's how the project actually started i had a huge personal interest and understanding what really needs to be done i mean uh, like getting on my shoe i mean uh, i i had a balance problem and i had high blood pressure and couldn't lean down uh, so i needed an extra long shoehorn which we didn't have in the range so for me it was like don't we why not i mean i mean most women have been pregnant and when you're 20 kilos bigger I mean, you're sure you can't lean down <laughs> and put on your shoes. <laughs> so Absolutely. There were, yeah, so, so there were so many obvious things that I saw that this is not if we're going to do it, but when. Yeah, and I guess, um, you know, speaking myself, um, I was born with a physical disability as well. You know, I I have limited function of my left, my left hand, so... I can totally relate to your experiences in the sense that I've seen things that aren't as functional, don't look that great in my house, had all different kinds of specialists come out to help find different solutions for me, but they just don't really suit my style. Um, So absolutely, I've got to take my hat off to you as somebody who has really just taken that personal experience a one that's, you know, collectively shared by so many different people, including myself, um, to really make something that will no doubt benefit the lives of so many people. It's really, really incredible. And I'm so thrilled that from even though your circumstances were quite, you know, it was quite horrible to go through what you did, something really (laughs) great has come from it. It's it's really great. Mm. Um, and but also, and you also referring back to your question before that what was uh, what was the most challenging in this when when coming to the design process of things is when you don't have uh, <clears throat> or when you are living without any kind of special need uh, in homes it is really difficult to see those even though it would be just the small gaps that we are missing from the range or small little things that we could twist our like existing products already but it's really difficult to see that if you are not 
facing um, the situation where um, where you don't have the the limitations. So for me, that was also like really fascinating to be in this dialogue, uh, whether it was now with the experts or whether it was with the home users, um, to to start like broadening my own vision of seeing things that I have around in my home. And I guess, Ina, following on from that, do you think working on something like this and working with the people that you have to create these really inclusive designs, do you think that this will influence the way you design in the future, even for people who don't have, you know, as many functional needs as some others? Absolutely. Uh, No question about it. And I have realised that already now since being involved into the product or development of this range, it was a couple of years ago. So all the things I have done afterwards, for me, it's, now it's so easy to to hop out and step into the shoes of another persona, a totally made up figure, but somebody who 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 might looking look at things from from different viewpoints, and that has definitely been for me a really meaningful. Uh, thing to take forward from from this development. So currently in Australia at the moment, um, about 20% of people, so that's one in five, um, live with some sort of different functional need or disability. And I guess they also feel as though they have very limited access to use products appropriately as they're sort of, like we have discussed, um, a big gap in the inclusive design market. So, Brit, you know, can you give us some insight into what benefits um, inclusive ranges like on tanks and provide to those people living with disabilities and different functional needs? Mm. Yeah, I mean, this is a huge area. I could spend the rest of my life dedicated to this cause. Uh, <laughs> so I'm giving everything in understanding how how we can infuse this in the the range development Uh, so um, uh, maybe i'm not answering to your question here but but i feel that uh, what i the biggest learning in this uh, project has been that if we um, include uh, if we work with inclusive design from the very beginning all our products will, all, and all our customers will benefit from the functions because we are never going to, you know, target only a specific group since, since that is out of scope of our business idea, which is for the many people. But the many people, in, uh, con- I mean, consists of many, many, many different kinds of people. So we will never make a collection for people who are blind or or so, because there we don't have the knowledge. It's more, how can we infuse the really smart functions and the understanding that all people will, for good or for worse, encounter some kind of temporary or permanent um, Ability, a, a situation where you have other abilities. <laughs> I, I don't like the word disability because it's so negative. So I prefer to say, you know, people with 
many other abilities. Uh, and, and as I mentioned before, just being pregnant makes you so vulnerable. Uh, and I mean, many people suffer from back pain. Uh, obesity is a huge problem. Uh, and we have arthritis, we have rheumatism, and we have so many different, and you know, young people skateboarding or skiing and suddenly you know they break a hand or a leg or or something so i mean i would say that almost every person encounters a situation sometime in life so so i feel that uh, and and what i have done in this process is actually look into the whole design process and, and we have made some adjustments and that could actually easily be applied to everything we do. And that means um, that we have a specialist from the very beginning, like a physiotherapist or ergonomist, helping us to describe the brief for the designer. I mean, describing what are what is the main objective and, and the secondary objective from a user perspective when we design this product. So for instance, when we, we designed the, the armchair, the main function was actually to get in and out. Because for obvious reasons, most people focus on how it's to sit in the armchair. And that goes without saying. But I have been looking mostly into what can we do to facilitate getting into the armchair and getting out of the armchair. Because that is the main challenge, to sit in an armchair. I haven't met anyone so far who can't sit in an armchair. It's, it's the getting in and out that causes falling accidents. You know, you get dizzy because you're trying up and down, up and down to, to get out. So, so, I mean, and everyone benefits from that. I mean, the armchair doesn't need to look in a specific way. It's built in functions. Was that a reply to your question? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it also <laughs> builds upon um, the IKEA concept of democratic design, which is yes. what goes into absolutely everything that is made. So I guess, Ina, as a designer, as somebody who follows these principles so stringently when making anything, what were some of the, you know, how did democratic design really influence and really work within this range? I know we talk about function. Um, how did the others sort of apply when you were making this? Well, Brit was already mentioning that when you need that extra help and support in your home, it doesn't mean that you want to invite a hospital into your home or equipment that have any kind of reference there. So for, it was really, really important to have that kind of dignity uh, built into the products uh, in form of the shape of things. Uh, and what we are good at IKEA is uh, the strong focus on good Scandinavian design. So this range was no exception about it either. We wanted to use mature colors, um, materials that uh, are long lasting and durable, that are easy to maintain um, without any kind of that blobbiness or clumsiness or or uh, that you that you might have from uh, from the hospital um, uh, interiors, something that I mean, even though you would be just inviting one of the objects to your home, or whether it would be the whole range, they still need to melt into your home and 
and not having any kind of title on top of them that that this is for special use or for special need. And that was that was definitely really important. And like I said already, that's that's our strength at IKEA. Absolutely. So I guess I um Tankson as a range sort of just challenges the whole idea of you know functionality, especially when it comes to these products that are made for you know inclusively everyone. You know, it sort of challenges that sort of it's functional. It needs to look a certain way, whereas, you know, we're incorporating our design principles and making it as stylish as possible so it can be integrated so easily into anybody's home. So, Britt, I know Omtankson isn't the first time IKEA has really sort of ventured into um, making inclusive furniture. Visibles was a project in um, IKEA Israel which included all different add-ons for different already existing IKEA furniture pieces. With both Mtankson and Visibles, do you think IKEA is sort of leading the way in um, implementing inclusive design across furniture and home furnishings? I certainly hope so. Actually, I have been invited to numerous conferences on health and aging and and uh, alzheimer and god knows what all over the world so i have been giving speeches and lectures and workshops and and one of the reasons for actually accepting these invitation has been that i want as many as possible to copy us uh, <laughs> <laughs> i hope sincerely that we can inspire uh, many different, you know, in many different areas. I mean, fashion, food, whatever needs to take these goggles on. And because otherwise you are saying no thank you to 25% of of the population. And uh, so I think... You know, uh, and actually, I mean, IKEA was in the forefront and Sweden was in the forefront for inclusive design in the 60s. And I have been looking through all IKEA catalogs since the first one. And especially, you know, in the 50s and 60s, we had lots of products where we actually pointed out, we didn't use the word ergonomic, but the copy the text in the catalog mentioned if you have a bad back then we suggest you take this armchair with this footstool or this day bed where you can rise it was amazing so so what i feel uh, that this project is about is actually reclaiming our position as the company that really cares. And the, the working name for the project was actually IKEA Cares, but then we needed a name for the products. And then I'm happy that we managed to get Omtengsam, which means caring in Swedish. You know, just touching on what you were saying about, you know, the retail industry and its uptake of inclusive design, um, you know, here in Australia, the retail industry could benefit from a $4 billion um, sort of increase in revenue if more companies and more retailers embraced inclusive design. So I guess I can <laughs> sort of always been in the lead, um, yeah. but now reclaiming. Why do you think some retailers are really slow to really just take this idea and, and run with it? 
Well, we can take our own company as a, as an example. <laughs> Why have we been so slow in in because we haven't we if you don't have those glasses on as Ina so nicely explained because we are so we have so many filters and so many layers on everything we do. We have sustainability and it's the low price and it's affordability and it's a function that's it this and this and that and so we haven't and we also have been very focused on families with children that has been a main target area and and that and and therefore we haven't really been paying to attention the fact that even ikea is 75 years old now so that means that our customers are also getting older and older but as a matter of fact ingvar kamprad has been trying to uh get his managers to to uh, uh to l- look at the range and he was actually uh, turned down <laughs> by his <laughs> really? I have, yeah i even have a letter you know that they say well it's a good idea but right now we're focusing on this so we have to yeah but maybe we're looking into uh, in the future so actually when i brought this up you can imagine one person who was extremely happy that finally <laughs> he could see that his company was actually listening to him <laughs> so um, i have some really funny stories about him we wanted him to look at the prototypes and test them so we had an armchair taking to his home and i mean that this he was really old but he was still everything was in order so we took this armchair to his home we never got it back. And oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So this is like, okay, I think he liked it. I think we're going <laughs> on with that armchair. <laughs> <Because we didn't. laughs> so that was kind of cute. Yeah. So, uh, no, I think most companies consider old not sexy. I mean, it's uh, nobody wants really to touch the subject, uh, and and falsely mon- many think that it's uh, not a commercial uh, group. But I mean, <clears throat> I know that it's the contrary because since uh, people are uh, getting older, but they can't keep on working for longer, they have no kids at home. Um, they don't need to buy so many new things. But when they buy something, they really want to have high quality and high function, no matter what price. So this is a group, I don't say in general and everywhere, but they are very conscientious and they really, really are looking out for for products that are, you know, uh, wearable. I mean, you easy to use and functional, and have a long lifespan because they feel that uh, they want to, you know, use it the rest of their life. So I think that um, more and more companies are acknowledging this uh, group. This group, which is everyone. I mean, all of us are aging in best case. 
So I think it's just a matter of time. And I think in those corona times, I think that society has definitely um, become aware of that older people are extremely vulnerable. I mean, who is especially here in Sweden, we can see who who is dying from corona. Yeah, it's it's uh, older people, which is a horrible thing. So hopefully, you know, we will all acknowledge our own um, aging process and embrace it because this is my way of embracing it, that I still want to have beautiful things. I'm 64. I don't consider myself old. But I am. Uh, <laughs> but I don't want to behave like someone who has given up. I still want to surround myself with beautiful things. Absolutely. Yep. Like um, in Australia, I guess we have such, um, we do have a quite large aging population as well. And, and my grandmother would share the same sentiment that, um, you know, she likes to buy things of a, of a certain quality, um, a certain style that fits you know, her home and how she likes things. So, you know, why not design more for, you know, everybody, including people who may be older, um, yeah. maybe younger as well. You know, like you said, it's very poignant. We're all ageing um, yeah. continuously. <laughs> yeah. um, so why not make it um, really good and do it in a really nice, stylish, functional way? Yes. That was so funny when Britt mentioned, oh, I mentioned before the home testing and how important that was to tick those mm-hmm. boxes in normal homes and with people who 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 really need these products but I have to say that it was a surprise I didn't know that Ingvar was part of part of the home testing a home tester group (laughs) (laughs) no I I forgot to mention that yeah (laughs) um so um Ina what opportunities do you think as a designer exist um you know for designing furniture for people with all different types of needs in the future you know, as we continue to sort of build out this range and maybe develop even more ranges in the future, you know, what opportunities lie within that to create more inclusively? For me, I take that as a granted for as a as a building block into every future design uh, brief that I might get on the table. It's a, there's no question about it of having it as as a, as a specific subject in itself it needs to be included in whatever there might be on my drawing table and especially now I have to say that it's uh, it's really interesting on my part because I, I moved to Shanghai and joined our product development center over there that is focusing more on catering the many homes in Asia that look a little bit different uh, where things are done a little bit differently so for also involve um, the broader perspective of looking at things and the learnings from from this process into the projects that I'm doing now and into the homes that that like I said that are not the same that I have used to. So so for me, it's uh, the learning curve is like great. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so great to hear because. Um, you know, as somebody, like I said, you know, I live with different functional needs. My father who has a back problem and, you know, sometimes my grandparents come to So we're a house that has constantly evolving functional needs. So it's really great to see that, you know, designers like yourself um, are really sort of just taking this as something that is 
really built in to every design moving forward. Um, you know, it's it's just really, really great to see. And I've got um, two more questions. Um, so firstly, for both of you, what is next from Tanksum? I know the range is constantly evolving. We're always sort of looking and exploring to expand it. Um, you know, where where are we going next with Um Tanksum? Uh, okay, so I will try to answer that question. Uh, I, as I see it right now, I think uh, Omtengsam now is being launched as a collection, uh, and I, what I see in the future is uh, that it's not going to be treated as a collection. Uh, and a new collection, because that is also psychologically a collection. It's something for a limited amount of time. I want Omtengsam to be a part of the range development. And uh, so what I am doing right now is to, I am focusing a lot of uh, describing the process with Omtengsam and why it differs from the normal process. There's no normal process. How can we uh, describe the process of Omtengsam and make it applicable to whatever you do. So um, so this is what I am doing, describing, you know, step by step, uh, without going into any details about a chair or, you know, a plate or so, but more, you know, the importance of how, what needs to be in the brief from the very beginning, uh, because that's the only way that then you can follow up and see, okay, is this really doing what I said in the brief? I, in the brief, I stated clearly the main function and secondary function. So that is non-negotiable. And also that the need of uh, including uh, an ergonomist or physiotherapist in the brief, because they know exactly the measurements, they know exactly what angle. So we don't have to make these mistakes uh, because then it's going to be quite, you know, expensive if we have to, if we have the physiotherapist try the product when it's already ready and just to get, you know, a pat on your head, well done. And instead they will say, no, no, this is completely wrong. So, <laughs> And also including, you know, specialists in ergonomy, like color ergonomy, because the colors have been very important in the Omtengsam range, uh, because you you uh, have so many different connections with color, and 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 when you have an impaired vision, uh, it's it's hard to <clears throat> see contrasts and things like that. So my hope, and, and that is some, not only a hope, this is something that we have decided that we are going to. Inclusive design is going to be a part of the of the design process, uh, and uh, so I'm working with this, and now I'm working in different constellations with designers and product developers just to discuss the topic of inclusive design. Uh, what is it, and what is ergonomy? Because many need to have some basic knowledge in what is ergonomy. It's not equivalent to a boring product. Ergonomy is simply how we design a product that so it can be used by a person. How do you hold the cup? 
I mean, uh, th- that is ergonomy, not that it looks in a certain way. It's more how can as many people as possible use this product in a good way. If you have a problem with a gripping function, maybe the ear should be in a different way, but then it can still be used by someone who doesn't have problems with a grip function. So that is what I am defining now, because now we have been a very, very small, tight group working with Omtengsam, but now we need to have it out in the organization and everyone needs to have some kind of awareness. So so that is... That is my wish. <laughs> that is my mission before I, I go into uh, my next phase of life. <laughs> and for you, Ina, um, working on the range, what, what are your hopes for Omtanksum and even more widely inclusive design being incorporated into absolutely everything that is made at IKEA? Like I said, I, I, that's... Uh... Uh, faster learning to take that as, as something granted. Um, there's really nothing more that I can add than than um, to keep in mind in whatever we do. Cool. I've got one fun question. Um, what are your uh, favourite um, tanks and products and why? Uh, Brit, you first. Oi, oi, oi. All my babies. <laughs> 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 I have to choose one. <laughs> My favorite, I would say I would choose my favorite, the one that you see the least, uh, but you will use it the most. And it's the jar gripper. That is a product that I just took for granted that we already had in the range, which we didn't. And for me, it's like the ultimate you know, small, simple example on fantastic, good, inclusive design. Because the jar gripper, you can both use it as a jar gripper, but you can also use it for so many other things to open up faucets. Uh, to um, You can have your soap on this uh, little jar gripper in, in the shower uh, if you don't have any anything else to have the soap so it doesn't slip around all the time. Uh, and you can, uh, and, and, and then it has a hole so it's easy to hang on, on a knob and things like that. That is like the ultimate simplicity in inclusive design that you can use for so many different things. I've actually been wanting to get the jar, the jar group by myself. I think it's going to be really helpful in my house. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I totally agree. Um, yeah. Ina, what, what what product is your favorite? Oh, this is uh, this is uh, an easy answer. Um, well, I mean, when the days are like this, most of us are working from home at the moment. I sit in my own kitchen by my dining table, and I wish oh. that I would have one of the pillows. <laughs> it, it would those kind of things at the moment would save my daily life when when spending so many hours sitting like I said on my dining chair which is not meant for working so I want to thank you both um, for chatting to me today about you know I'm Tanksum, which is a range that's going to be launching uh, in Australia in May I'm so so thrilled that we're actually really talking about something that I'm not only passionate about but so many other people have a passion for as well um, inclusive design is something that 
it touches the lives of so many different people. So I want to thank you both, not only for your work on the range, but uh, for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much.